welcome everybody. This is, uh, you're kind of wondering why Live Life Podcast is a little bit earlier today. Well, um, my bad. It looks like I posted the the uh, scheduling and Facebook uh, made it a little bit earlier than uh, YouTube, which is um, kind of odd, but it did it anyways. Um, welcome to podcast episode number eight. And uh, yep, I'm still here in Gaylord, Michigan. And uh, man, the first thing I got to do is I got to say, I, I'm so sorry for all my Texas friends out there that uh, had to suffer the last couple of weeks. And uh, it was interesting because a week before I was uh, watching people talking about getting a cold and I was just be like, oh, that's so cute. You're five degrees, you're 10 degrees, you know. But um, then reality hit. And then when they got hit with snow and the freezing and everything else, uh, Texas is just not prepared for that. And um, so uh, anyways, my heart goes out to a lot of friends and folks that uh, now they're back in the 60s and uh, are getting there. And uh, they've had to go through bursting pipes and uh, just all kinds of stuff. I mean, could you imagine not having electricity for three or four days, having it for 30 minutes at a time, and then just uh, having to boil water to have water, water's turned off. And there's just all kinds, everybody's across Texas, across the panhandles, we're just having miserable, miserable time. And, uh, and, and I can't, uh, I, I can't, I have nothing for that. I mean, other than I just, I'm sorry, they had to go through it. My wife and I in 2000, I believe it was 2019. It, it was, um, 27 hours without electricity in, in 10 to 14 degree weather. And the house got as cold as about 48, 49 degrees. We only had the fireplace. Um, so we had to sleep in the fireplace floor up in the living room and, uh, Till the electricity came on and it it made me realize that um i can't go another winter without uh, having a generator but anyways hey welcome to the podcast so let's get started because i've got some really good stuff for you today so watch the intro because it's pretty cool all right welcome to episode nine right here we live live podcast it's really like more like 15 or 20 or whatever it is but we decided to make it an official when we decided to do the new site um, I'm going to spend a moment here and I want to talk about clubhouse. Have you, if you, are you on clubhouse? Cause if you're not, you're missing out. You know, we have all these different social media platforms from Facebook to YouTube, to, uh, Instagram, to Pinterest, to Twitter, to, I mean, it's just TikTok, parlor. I don't know. There's so many apps that are out there, but if you haven't been on clubhouse, clubhouse is still in beta, but I will tell you there's some really good things. And obviously, like anything else, there's pros and cons to all social media platforms. But Clubhouse has allowed me to, uh, you know, I'm an introvert by nature. But um, but I like to, once I get with a social crowd, I like to get out there and, and be. So it kind of turns me into a social butterfly. And that's what Clubhouse is doing. It's allowed me to connect with some people. It's allowed me to uh, have conversations with people, meeting people across the, across the, the world, really. Um, but there's some good things and there's some bad things. The bad things is, you know, there's a lot of people in there trying to sell and try and talk about their business and everything. And there, and there's some people that don't know how to moderate it and how to process it very well. So it makes it into a negative side. But, um, if you want to know a little bit about it, go to livelifepodcast.com and go to my blog, my latest blog in there. I talked about clubhouse. That's kind of part one. I'm going to talk about part two this next week. And it's kind of the ins and outs and how to find your tribe and how to get rid of the riffraff and how to, how to turn out the noise and uh and just be you and enjoy the app for what it is it's an opportunity for a drop-in audio it's a social voice only um so think of it as talking to your best friends on a conference call or party line that's just what it is um and um there's all kinds of things that you can um talk about and get where you need to go and um yeah so it's a good app so if you haven't gone on there yet um i could invite you because it is beta and you have to be invited only but find somebody i would say get on your facebook page and 
uh, LinkedIn page or something and say, hey, is anybody on Clubhouse? And uh, get on it. And uh, I'll tell you a really quick short story. So Amy Kata, um, shout out to you out there. She is a Marine veteran, a good friend of mine, and um, and through a colleague, through a nonprofit partner organization through uh, Carry the Load. And uh, I was talking to some people one day and I said, hey, you should use Clubhouse as a social media platform. And I'm telling you this girl, she is a social media butterfly when it comes to Clubhouse. I've seen her do show after show after show after show, and she is rocking it. She is taking every single advantage of meeting new people, making new connections, and uh, making it work for her. So go out and check out Clubhouse. And if you're interested, you want to know a little bit more, hit me up on livelifepodcast.com. This is episode nine, and I have a great guest today. Um, you know, I, most of the time I would tell you that you know the guests, you know my friends, you know the colleagues, you know people that are going to come on here. You might not know this person. Um, but, uh, I met him through a really good friend of mine through Doug Bryant through project Relo, uh, one of our directors. And I found out, you know, this guy's a motivational speaker. He's uh, played pro football before he's, uh, he's written a book. Um, he's got a great family. He's had a great life. He enjoys it. And, um, he's just an overall all around great person. And after talking to Doug, um, Harvey's got some, uh, great subjects that we're going to talk about today. I got a lot of questions for it and I'm probably going to trump them up like I did Urshel Metcalf not too long ago. You know, I'll ask him some questions and it'll be, uh, interesting to see what the answers are going to be. Um, but this is all about sharing the life. You know, our motto here is live life. Don't let life live you. And, uh, without further ado, we are going to bring in Harvey Harrington. How are you, my friend? Oh, hold on. Let me unmute you. Or you need to unmute. There we go. There you go. I'm All good. Right. How you? How are I'm, you? I am great, my friend. How? So, how is? What's the weather? Are you in Texas? Where? Where are you at? No, no, I'm in Iowa. I'm in. Uh, you're in Iowa. Okay, so you're yeah. up here where it's cold too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe oh, not zero degrees, but. <laughs> oh no, we just we we've been below until just here the last two or three days. We've got. Uh, I would say I'm sitting here looking out the window of my sunroom. We probably have had forty inches of snow this winter. Yeah, and most most okay. of it stayed around. This is the first time we're level upon level that it stayed. Which so we're in the same uh, boat. Yeah, yep, yeah. We 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 live by our fireplace too. Now we have uh, our heat and everything, <laughs> but I just yeah. actually had another load of wood come in this weekend. Awesome. Yeah, I yeah. bought uh, somewhere between five and ten cords not too long ago, and it's it's lasted me last winter, and it'll last me this winter. Mm -hmm probably one more winter um we're not burning it as much this winter as we thought we would mm -hmm. but uh but yeah we've had probably i would say well i can tell you that in some areas of the yard i have an area where it kind of goes downhill and i've fallen into a hole it's been three or four feet deep and uh forgetting what's underneath there because of all the snow i just you know i was just lollygagging around out there going you know what i need to get some firewood and i just just traveled over to the firewood area and all of a sudden whoop I am down waist deep and my wife's looking out the window with the two dogs and she took a picture. She's laughing at me. I totally forgot that it drops off and I just went straight <laughs> in. <laughs> so say snow shovel 20 minutes later, moving the snow out of the way to get to the firewood. Um, yeah. And by the time I got the firewood in the house, I'm not sure about you, but I was tired. I was mm. like, yeah, we're not running the fire right now. We'll do that later this evening. I'm just too tired to get over there. I'm too pooped. Yeah, but, uh, we stack pretty close to the house. I don't have far to go. Plus, we stack a little bit in the garage as well. We do the same so thing. We, it's just yeah, we're going yeah. through a lot of wood with our kids. Are family. you? Yeah, 
normally, uh, most of the times I wouldn't start the fireplace until right before the kids get home. But with our kids being home all year due to COVID, we've been, uh, we've just been burning through the wood. I, I bought three loads more than I normally would purchase. And we went through all of that. Plus I'd say a quarter of it got covered up from the bottom, you know, from right. the bottom, from all the snow. So right. yeah, just had to get another load in to get us through. Awesome. Yeah. Well, listen, having fires, man, we, there was a week or two there where we had fires every night. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. We yeah. love it. But you, would, but you do burn through it. Yeah, mm -hmm. you do. So let's, uh, let's kind of get our listeners up to up, catch up to date with you. Um, if we kind of go back in your history, you played pro football for a while. And, um, what'd you do before that? Uh, before football, I mean, it was just right out of college. So, so right out of college, you went straight yeah, into football, right college, straight into football. Uh, I played until I was 32 and, uh, in the process of that opened a couple of businesses and got into coaching and just, I, my whole life in circle was, was sports. Now, did you do yeah. any business while you're in, while you were playing football? Did you, uh, did I you transition to your I, I planned to before I got out of it. So I opened up a fitness facility where I lived and uh, we started doing that in the process because I knew I was coming. Oh, how old was I? 27. I knew I was coming close to the end of, especially with uh, a, a bunch of the surgeries and injuries that I had before right. and then afterwards even. So you, so you had a plan. You knew that there was a time that this is going to be time for me to retire and I've got to start figuring out what my exit strategy is. And it's unfortunately, I know it's, it's football is like military. It's when you, you have a career and some people don't position themselves, unfortunately, until the day hits. And then it's like, you know, oh snap, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I, My and I, well, and I was just going to say, I know a lot of guys back in the day, like Randy White, you know, he had a, he had a farm and, and he had a, he just had a lot of little things that agriculture that were going on and he wasn't making a whole lot of money in football. So him and Bob Ford and a few other guys, they just, they had their cells set up and you mm -hmm. can look at like Tony Dorsett, same thing, had things set up along the way. But I known some guys that have gone in and, and played football for 10 or 12 years. And then they did nothing, zero. And then they, when they're out, they're out. And yeah, um, that, it's hard. That's unfortunate. That's the story of a high percentage of players. Mine was a bit of luck as well. I <laughs> I needed a place, and like I said, I started helping out with high school sports while I was playing. So it was just the thing to do, and it was a dream of mine as a kid to own a gym. So I can't sit here and tell you that I had this major plan. I just knew that I wanted to be a business owner. I knew I wanted to work for myself. And uh, that that started it. So that's awesome. Um, that's what was your? Just, um, if you had a, to tell somebody what your struggle was, your first two years, what did as an entrepreneur going from pro football to to an entrepreneur, what was your struggle? Do you remember what that was? Going from a football player to a struggle? No, there really wasn't because I stayed in my circle. You know, I, I would think if uh, athletes that got outside of their circle would have more. I didn't have any struggles. It just kept going. I just I filled the void of playing with the with coaching and adding value to young men. So it was a good for, good thing for you to just adapt right so into I, it. I didn't have those struggles. I missed the game. Right. Yeah, because I stayed in my circle. I, I didn't step out of my circle. I didn't do anything out of the ordinary, you know. Um, so no, there there wasn't a struggle. I loved doing what I was. That's why I speak. I, I, I was blessed to know what my love was and move from one stage of it to the next. So you go play, you, you come out of college, go play in pro football. 
and then you, you found your niche to, to do something different and you rolled into that. And at some point, where did you get the mindset to think that I need to either spread my wings, I need to share the information, I need to be public speaking? Where where would that where did that happen? Was that in the process of you being an entrepreneur? Did something kind of happen for you to get there? It was an 18-year process. <laughs> That's what I when you go it back and overnight. Go, no, it didn't. I, I had no idea I would be doing this. I, I thought I would coach for the rest of my life. I thought I would live in a little community I lived in and raise our children for the rest of my life there. It went from one thing to the other. I had no idea that God would call me to do this. Um, I just, I became the motivator of our of all of our teams throughout the years. And I just start studying and researching and all the material that I was compiling up here, I was using it to help students, student athletes. And then before you know it, I got kids coming from different parts of the state. I got adults working with adults and everything I was doing, it became less about the fitness and football industry to this. It became how do you help a, a human being be their best so everything in their life is better and it just it just kept rolling into that for me i didn't see it happening i didn't know it was happening one day i just knew i want to speak i want to travel around i want to help kids that's why i wrote my first book i want to give kids knowledge that'll help them be better not in sports there's nothing about i think i got a small little section about exercising in my book it's more about the mind how strong you can be so it just it compiled into that. Now I'll tell you, I did a lot of, I read a lot of content, a lot of videos, a lot of tapes. I'm going to date myself by saying tapes. A lot of research. Um, yes. On motivational type stuff. So I, I, I was, I was being fed and I didn't know it, but I was, I was giving it back. I was giving it back and it just rolled into this. That is so powerful right there. And that's, you know, finding that niche, finding what your comfort is, Sometimes some people do research, some people don't. I, I have to research. I have to figure out what is, where am I going? What's my end game? Um, I might understand the brain and where I need to be, but there's, if I'm going to go into a room and I, and I know you probably went through this, you probably got to the point where you're like, Hey, I'm going to go do my first gig here and I'm gonna walk in there. Do you remember how large your audience was? And do you remember what you felt? Yeah, it was a group of teachers. Um, instead of students. I didn't know that there was even a need for what I was doing for teachers. Um, I, I wasn't nervous. I, it's hard to explain. No, it's not hard to explain. When you know you're doing something for someone else and doing something good, sure, you wonder, okay, all of these adults, I'm, I've been used to working to kids with kids. What am I going to say to help them? I've questioned that the whole time, every time I work with adults. But I bring it back to Harvey. This is content that you've studied that that you've gone through for yourself that you've implied and you're only doing that. When I go to speak to corporations, I don't go to talk to them about doing their jobs. I don't know anything about their jobs. I go to talk to them about how they become the best them. So that for me gets me over any fear, any fear, because it was a my very first one. What, what was the school was a was a school within a very bad community and the teachers were broken the longest tenured teacher was six years wow. you know I, but they they needed what i had to share and i i consider them to be my adopted school because they're they're only about 100 miles away from me so i go there as often as i can because i know those students and those teachers need me so right. i 
I didn't have that fear. Uh, nervous, yeah. I was nervous every football. I, I used to throw up on my way running down the field. Really? First play of the game. If I didn't throw up before a game, something was wrong. Something was wrong with Harvey, yeah. Something was wow. wrong. I didn't. I mean, I've thrown up on television coming out of my mask, going back <laughs> to on kickoff, and the anxiety or the nervousness of it, but the love of it pulled pulls, pulls me through that every single time. Um. There's nothing more important than knowing what you what what you're supposed to do. That, you know what? You're probably I, I'm going to be real honest with you. I think you're the first person that I've heard tell me about a story pregame, and uh, and throwing up. Huh. I was I haven't ran, heard enough stories. Well, yeah, I guess not because I, well, for me, I ran pro track. So you know when I and I was one ten hurdles out of high school. And, uh, and I was getting ready to go to the Olympics and everything. And I just had a lot of things that were going on at the time. And I, you know, it, when I was in sixth, seventh and eighth grade running hurdles, it was easy. It just, just coach told you what to do and you ran. Right. And you do your mm -hmm. first two years in high school. You're like, you just run, you just keep doing it. Then your coach comes to you and says, okay, now we're going to get serious. And it's like, wait a minute, this is no longer fun for a minute. You, now you're telling me about the competition. You're telling me about the schools and the people that I'm going to meet abroad, you know? <laughs> and I had to find a niche like you, but I, my friends, my friends, if I wasn't standing off somewhere off to the side with sunglasses on and music bursting in my ears and jumping up and down and having an anxiety fit, something was wrong. Yep. And they would come and check on me. They would force me to go over there. I didn't throw up, but, but I had this, um, this overwhelming sweat of anxiety. And it was mm. it's like, because I don't know what's about to happen. I'm about to run with people I've never met before. And, I don't know how good they are because I, you know, there's no research, right? There's nothing. I'm not going to check these guys out. Right. But, um, but the minute, and I know you probably felt the same thing getting on the field. The moment that I got close to my blocks and I was in my lane, I was now in my zone. And that was it. Once I got there, I, I didn't care about anything else. I didn't think about anything else. Took my sunglasses off, put my clothes behind the back of the blocks, and I was ready for the gun to go off. Mm -hmm. That was it. The third hit for me until I realized you get that first and second hit out of way pregame. Um, for me, it was I had to get that first hit out of the way. I had to get it out of the way. And then when I did that, golden. Now, do you share these stories with any of your with any of your motivational speaking? Do you tell some of these things about the anxiety? No. And uh, no, because I do it in a different way. I teach the okay. personalities. I, I discovered the four personalities. I do the disc because I think it's the simplest to get the kids' minds. Um, um, I thought the how the depression and anxiety and all of that stuff plays a role in your personal. So I teach that. I'm so far removed from football. I need that. I don't need to use that. Of course, it's in my bio. Of course, it helps me for people to know. Right. That I played some form of football, but the first thing I tell people, I ain't nobody. You look me up now. Back in the day, I was nobody. I never started in the professional in the NFL. I never started other teams, uh, arena football, and all the um, what was it NFL Europe and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, um, I never was anybody special. I was a guy chasing a passion and a dream like crazy. So that's uh, I don't I don't ever feel the need to do that unless I'm talking to a group of, group of athletes, then I can share that story because it's more relatable. So let me ask you a question, you know, through all this process, do you have a motto that you've lived by that something that stuck with you since coming out of high school and 
and it's been with you or, or even later on in, in maybe pro football, maybe it was in college, but do you have something that you live by something that makes you strive every day to continue doing what you do? Yeah. How do you beat a, how do you beat a person that won't quit? That's awesome. You how can't. do you beat a person that won't quit? Yeah. When in my old fitness, my last gym I had, when you walk, when you walk through the door, the first thing you saw on the opposite side of the wall was that statement. And on the, up, up here, when they left the gym, the last thing they saw on the wall was you can't. Hmm. So they walked <laughs> in, they got their butts kicked by me and the <laughs> that I created for them. And they walked out with, you can't, that's the answer to that question. You cannot defeat a person that won't quit. It's that's mine. awesome. Yeah. And so do you still have the gym now or is that still no, running? No, I, I gave all of that up to do what I'm doing now. I checked. Okay. So you're full-time into motivational speaking, talking to corporations, talking to students and kids, and mm -hmm. still talking to teachers? Yeah, yep. Yeah, all right, awesome. First one I did this year through COVID times. <laughs> yeah, well, so let's talk about COVID. So in an, in an area of the rationale is I've got to be in front of thousands of people and I've got to be able to talk to these people. And then all of a sudden, you know, COVID starts to hit and that just, the brakes come on, it, you, you halt and you're like, wow, now I can't go in. I can't talk to people personally. Mm -hmm. um, so did you adapt to do it virtually? Did you find an avenue or do you have to take some time off to pivot yourself into a different role or how did that well, work out for you? It shut our industry down. Yeah, completely. Almost. I'm right sure. Now, uh, we, most people didn't get rolling again until the fall. Uh, everything that I've looked at, it just, there's everybody had to shut down. There's no, and we're still, we're now this. There's very few people. I saw a guy post, he was on a plane headed somewhere to speak for someone. Um, I just booked one with the corporation uh, Caterpillar and they're wanting me to come in this summer, but we're not sure. So we're, we're, pre we're preparing to do either or virtually or live. And, right. and you know, they know that I've, I've dealt with cancer during this COVID stuff too. So um, I think our industry, Honestly, I think COVID has been good for our industry, to be honest. That's just between uh, you and I and the audience. Uh, there's so many people that get into speaking that that are, what's the right way to put it? They're too young, too in inexperienced. Yeah. you gotta, you got to have some dirt in your fingernails to be able to share stuff with people most of the time. You have to have done something to, to pick up a book and read a book and go share that with people. People see that. They sense that. I don't like me. I don't step outside of my boundary. I don't share anything with you that that has not personally affected my life in a negative or positive way that I can share with you. I'm not going to talk to you about something I have no clue about. And our industry is starting to get full of that. Just yeah, you know, and I don't I don't want to shoot anybody down and saying you can't do this because I believe everybody can do everything. But I believe that people you're more relatable to people. Yeah. When you, when you have some personal stories, when you got, you know, whatever they call it, skin in the game, teeth, whatever in the game. So, um, but no, our, our industry is just starting to move again and people are doing this and, and trying to rebook and going virtually. And it's, it's hard for some people to go virtual because a lot of people yeah. need that interaction and it's different. I actually enjoyed it because with students, I, this past fall, here, here's what a speaker does. A speaker comes in and tells you some story or teach you something if you're doing a workshop and he or she's gone. That's it. 
I learned that a, a motivational speaker, a keynote is is more entertainment than not. If you if people take a good nugget out of it, that's great. I love to do. I I tell every school that brings me in, I was like, I, I want to stay the day. I'll my keynote, I'll share my story, but all that does is break down a wall for your students to know who I am. And now I can teach them something for you. You know, so I, I'm, I've been working with schools all over the country, not all over, pretty much on the East Coast, which is weird. Um, did a keynote and then we do five sessions after that. And, the, and then you can get the kids talking. You can you can answer some questions. You can work with them. If you can't tell, my heart is with the kids. Yeah, I, I make my money with the adults, but my heart is with them. <laughs> so, um, well, you got to get to the adults to get to the kids. Yeah, yeah. That's where the money's at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those relationships that you're building are with the kids because that's the future you're trying to change. Absolutely. You know, it, it's interesting. We have some of the same past because we, I do the same thing, but I, the motivational part that I speak in is front of veterans mm -hmm. and, and, and we do corporate America as well, because there's, there's two facets of our organization that, that I do in the philanthropy nonprofit world outside of my own radio and everything else that I do in the company is we, we try to change the narrative because you've got for you, you've got students, you've got companies, you've got futures, you've got all kinds of things that happen in the process that you're helping these children have a better future, mm -hmm. being more positive towards themselves, right? Veterans in, are somewhat in the same situation. They're, they're forced uh, to not have any mind control. They're forced to come in and do what their commanders tell them to do. And for however many years that is, they, they don't think for themselves. They just, they just do their job. And then they try to have a normal life between kids and family, if some of them can, some of them don't. Um, but then, but then there's the corporate side, the corporate side has no understanding. They don't understand veterans whatsoever. They don't understand the industry. They just said, you know what? They just went off to take a blank check and go serve and protect right. the country. So protect the country is the only thing they know. But I, when we talk to the corporate, we try to explain to them that you're part of the problem, not understanding the value of hiring these veterans because you're looking at them as that's, that's, that's a separate entity. And I look at it like this, Harvey, is, you know, you and I are human being first and then we're man or woman next, right? Mm -hmm. The process, this is our best friend that we deal with every single day. It's inside of our mind and our mind controls anything we want. We, we can listen to it or we can not listen to it. We, we can take action by, our, by uh, just having a gut feeling or just being assertive or aggressive and where we want to go and not listening. But when you do listen, you can make a lot of changes. And we're finding out that when you talk to corporate America and you try to get them into a different mindset, it, a lot of things change in that conversation. And it, and it, it kind of opens the eyes up to some degree because they're like, look, why is it that you have to take and put a name on military? Why can't a person come out of high school, go straight into military, but that's a career. Corporate is a career. They're just two different job processes. Mm -hmm two different entities, two different sectors, if you want to call it. But at the end of the day, they come back and there's human being. So why do we have to separate it? And that's the narrative that we're trying to change. I feel like that's what you're trying to do with, with, with kids and just trying to, to get companies to understand if you, if you don't go through things in your life and you don't share that, I feel like that you you get bogged down by you're not you're not doing anything you're not you're making an impact, and my heart I think is like your heart. You've got to go out and make an impact. If you can change one kid, <laughs> you might change many, but if you can change one kid, 
And and I, that's going to be my next thing. My next question to you is: have, have you had a kid that you've motivated, you've talked to, you've you've seen, and whether it's months or years, it doesn't matter either way. But have you seen that person change? And did you sit down one day and go, "Holy smokes, I changed that person's life"? I don't like to. It's my personality. Um, I just like to do things without the, everybody wants, uh, let me say this, everybody needs, wants, and desires a pat on the back. I'm not one that really likes to, especially brag, I'll, I'll say this, and I'm just going to read this, and I could share share with you many stories. I, I, I'll, I'll start here. My oldest group of football players are now 41, 40 or 41. I would bet in 18 years, 19 years, whatever it's been, out of every class that grade that went through, I have a kid that I'm still connected to. That's that's one of the things I fell in love with about Facebook is I stalk my kids. I use that term because people (laughs) like, yeah, I do. I do. I watch them. I watch them grow up. I, you know, I, I try and get to know their spouses. When you're 40 years old and you're invited to be in a, not to be at a wedding, but be in the wedding of a young man that's getting married and and he's 22 or 23, it feels good because you know you did something in that young man's life. So I'm just going to read this came in last night at like 1130 to me. And this is from a kid I met in college. Just read this real quick. It says, hey, Mr. Harvey. He calls me Mr. Harvey. He's, he's actually he's from Texas, but I've met him <laughs> at a college. He's playing basketball at a college in Iowa. How have you? How, how are you? How have you been? A lot of things have happened throughout the course of the last year and this year as well. Hope you're doing well. Out of nowhere. I said, what's up, young man? How I, I'm doing great. How are you? What are you up to? Glad you're doing well. I've been doing great myself. A few days ago, I was on a podcast with uh KIS public radio where I was blessed with an opportunity to share. So we just, we're just conversing back and forth. I met this young man one time and I always leave it open. I tell those kids, if you got a question, send me an email. I promise you I'll get back and it won't be my assistant. It'll be me, you know, and, and I can remember talking because very few do, you know, you, you feel like you may be overwhelmed by it and maybe someday I will be and things will change. But very few do, whether they're afraid or you didn't reach them or whatever. But there's always one or two that sends that email that reaches out. And this young man, he he, I remember his conversation because he emailed me. It was just a keynote. By the time I got in my car, I had an email from him. Mm-hmm. And we're chatting. This Don't do this. But we're <laughs> chatting on the road as I'm headed home in the middle of nowhere, Iowa, uh, with this young man. So I have... I don't know what the number, I don't care what the number is. Uh, I just, I, I love being a positive voice in these kids' heads. I've, I've, I've adopted this model too. I got two ears with no opinion. So they know they can call me and share their thoughts and what's going on and not be judged. You know, I'm not a parent, so I don't have to be like, Hey, are you sure? Are you, I just listen and right. that, that helps. Uh, with that by just being a good listener. I read uh, Empathic Listening, uh, Seven Habits of Highly highly Effective People. I have chapter five. I've read it a hundred times. I've listened to it a hundred times. 
I, I try to be an empathic listener. Take these things off and put yours on and listen to what you're saying from your perspective. Because I got three young kids that if I don't do that, I'm, I'm going to screw up somehow as a parent. So I, I know I kind of bounced away from your question, but there's many. No, and, that's awesome. And I don't, and again, I'm not that, please don't take that as bragging. It's a, it's a blessing. No, not at all. A blessing that God gives me that I can do this, that I haven't coached in seven years. And I talked to all of these kids, you know, young men, yeah. young, young women, young, just right. people in general that I've worked with. Sometimes we have to we have to understand in our hearts that bragging is it drives a little bit more humble. Um, I have a mentor that's been helping me in the last couple of years. And one thing that always comes back to mind is is being humble. Share your resources, share your information, share your story. And what it what's interesting is I'm 55. I don't know that I remember all the things that I did, whether good, bad, or indifferent. I just, like you, I lived my life. I just, I just kind of went from one thing to the next. And if something doesn't work out, I go to the next thing. Um, I've been a serial entrepreneur and, and I've got to where I own several businesses and then that didn't work out. I went helping a lot of nonprofits and that didn't work out. But I just, I, I just kind of rolled with the punches, you know, but a couple of years ago, I found uh, a person that spoke to me and um, it, you know, I have to, I have to say that it was in my forties, but what inspired me from this was I was the guy that's out there waving my hands, not bragging. I was doing the social good. I was helping anybody and everybody. I, I was spreading myself thin. And then I realized that my friend said, stop, you need to tell people about what you've done. You've done all these different things and you do have a great philosophy. You have a great mentality. You, you have something you can value, but what you're doing is you're degrading yourself. You're not, you're not, talking about your values. It's not bragging. It's just, you got things you need to share because if you can change one person, you've done it, right? Well, what it came to me, and this is a question I'm going to ask you is this is a question that was asked to me and I could not answer it that day because I, I was told at the, the, the conversation, the context of the conversation was very serious at the time. So I took it very serious and said, I'll get back to you because I had to really think about it. Um, but some people have asked this question too. They've answered it really quickly. At one, at some point in your life, you will not be here on this planet and you're going to want to leave a legacy to, so to speak, what is your fear of something that you didn't accomplish while being here in this lifetime? Being a great dad and husband. That's awesome. And some people can't talk about that. Some people go to, well, I didn't change enough lives or I've, I didn't make an impact or I did. I don't feel like I did anything. And it comes down to this conversation. You have two feet, Harvey, and you have a mind, and you have a heart and a soul. And every morning you get up, you, your destination is your, is your future, right? Mm -hmm. People think and they overthink and the accomplishments of your future. You can't change your future. You can't change your past and you can't change your future. You can change right now. Right now will change your future. But the mindset that some of these young athletes, these young kids get into is they think, I, give me, give me, give me, and I want the future. You're not working on today. Work today to get to tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Change today to change the future. 
And for me, I had this whole social media, I'm doing great everywhere. And if I could tell a lot of young students these days to find a mentor, find somebody that they can look up to. Okay. And look, it may be your dad and maybe it's your mom. Maybe it's your brother. Maybe it's somebody that's a personal friend, but find somebody, somebody that can motivate you in a positive manner. And if you're, if you're not happy, find a motivator, find somebody that can get you there, find a guidance counselor, find somebody that can lead you and stop, 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 stop listening to the noise. <laughs> you know, it's hard because I know you go through this with kids. It's very it's hard. hard. They're turned in so many different directions, right? Yeah. And um, and I don't know how I don't know how that works for you. I don't because I, I I do this with some veterans, and these are guys that are yeah they're 18, 19, 20 years old, but most of them are seem to be twenty five to twenty seven. They've already had a little life, right? But it's hard for these guys. It, it, for you, you're talking to younger kids, and then you're watching them grow up. I may never see some of these guys again, mm -hmm. but when you're listening to their stories. It's unfortunate. Some of it has to go in one ear and out the other, and you're only going to be able to hit a few of those. So for you to share a story of somebody that you're still connecting with years down the road, man, I applaud you for that because that's, that's an accomplishment. That's you've, you've changed somebody's life years and years ago, and you continue to change their lives because their mind is Harvey's been a mentor to me. He was a guide. He was somebody that helped me in a direction. Mm -hmm. So let's go back a little bit. 2020 came up. And you mentioned it earlier, you, uh, you had received a, a notice about getting cancer mm -hmm. and this was, uh, I think you said January of 2020. Yeah. Yep. January. And, um, I started having complications in January. It was, uh, confirmed probably right about now or early February last year. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so you spent a month in that mindset, trying to figure out what you're going to do for you, your family. You had a lot of things probably rolling through. Um, but it sounds like you were just a guy, you know what, we're going to tackle this day, day by day. And we're going to, we're going to work on this. It was day by day for, for a short period of time. I don't know how much you, uh, your audience, but I'm a Christian uh, and, and I'm proud of it. Um, I, I was, when you got young kids and you, you get news like that, because then, I, I mean, when, when we were told it was, it had to come out. I had to have my kidney removed. I had it removed in May. Right. Um, fear, outright, flat out fear, you know. And then you got COVID, and you're finding out that COVID uh, makes people people with underlying illnesses. And I'm a fairly healthy guy, and I, I come out of this with um, with blood pressure problems, with as a diabetic after this, and. Just I went from this guy, healthy Mr. Fitness to, you know, uh, <laughs> we we hit it. We took it head on, you know, lots of prayer that gave me. I just finished telling a guy this. Uh, I, I I sit on sit in several Bible study groups. So I, before I'm really telling anybody this Friday morning, I'm sitting in a Bible study group. And this was before COVID shut us down. We're sitting in Hardee's. It's a little local um restaurant and we're talking and we got another friend that has we thought was dying we we heard some bad news he went to texas to visit his family and had some head issues they put him in the er and then had to fly him to um what's the hospital in minnesota uh uh, uh anyway, yeah the big one yeah um, 
had to fly him to had to fly him to there and so we're just all bad news all bad news and i'm sitting there listening to us talk about that and i didn't tell anybody yet and then i don't know two or three uh, weeks later he comes walking in in our meeting and he's got this book bag on and we're all like you know holy cow and he stands there and he said, guys, he said, I don't know if I'm out of the woods yet, but he's like, I, I was, I was all worked up. All of his kids are, he and his wife's kids are grown, you know, but he's like, I was all worked up and I was all scared. And he said, and I started remembering God's got me. He's got me. And so he didn't know what I was going through. And at that moment I said, you're right. And from that day forward, up here, I was good. I'm not going to tell you. I still wasn't scared, but I, it right, was a right. scared. It was a different fear. Even when it comes to the point of you got to have this removed, but everything in the world is shut down, so we can't schedule you until May. And I'm going to emergency room visits because my kidney is falling apart. My just all of this stuff, fear, pain, all of this. I was good. I, I, it's even hard to explain in a short period of time like this. Of just, just really letting someone know how God gave me strength to, I got the, I, I was in and out of surgery in 24 hours. I had a kidney removed in, I went in the hospital at 11. I was on the table because this is how they do it with COVID. I was on the table by 1230. I checked out the next day at 11 o'clock. I is a mindset. I went in that hospital saying I'm leaving here tomorrow, hmm. on, you know, on my feet and just, um, but it was rough because we had to do some things. We, what's going on with the body? What is this? Kids uh, are, we got two kids with minor, uh, minor kidney, not kidney, but lung issues. So it's attacking the lungs. So we pulled our kids out of school before they shut the school down. Our kids, my son, you probably can hear him making noise right now. <laughs> sitting on the couch. I'm the third grade teacher because of COVID. You know, I gotta, <laughs> You never thought you'd have that job role, did you? <laughs> Brother, let me tell you. But it's the, but it's you know what it, it depends on how you look at things. When my son and I sat down at the table last fall and we started school, it was this until we figured things out, and it's still this every once in a yeah. while. But for me, and I hope for him, he'll never forget who his third grade teacher was, and 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 our and our girls that are one of my daughters here, one went to Nana's over the weekend. You know, so it's it. I don't want to make it seem like it's been roses, but because of a mindset, we've been able to handle it. Uh, is there anxiety going on? Is there probably mild depression going on? Sure. When you're on lockdown like we've been, we're 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 we've had to. You yeah. know, right? Plain and simple. We've had to do the overprotective, spray everything down because you know. So. Um, I don't know. I maybe I got off track there with your question. No, no, you're good. I mean, but, you know, uh, people want to hear your story. I mean, yeah, no, COVID hit, but that's a part of what I've done for myself through all of this, all of this reading. Uh, my here's let me tell you who my dad's are. My dad's name is Zig Ziglar. He's been dead for how many years? Uh, yeah. My dad, my dad's name is Les Brown. Uh, my 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 real father is God, obviously, but I'm just right. telling. You talked about finding mentors. I never, we're never going to have, I'm not going to have time to tell you my whole story here, but I never, I didn't have a dad. So, um, 
I stole things from men that didn't know it. I was learning from people. And then when I was introduced to the world of motivational speaking content and information, I just gobbled it up. I am a walking, talking. It's all up here. Some I can I can quote it and give it to you and not even know where it came from. But I, I got my my go to guys, you know, uh, right. and Zig Ziglar is my go to guy. <laughs> and That's less, awesome. Did you uh, ever meet Zig Ziglar? I, I got to hear him speak, but it was after he fell. Okay. So it was when, when his daughter traveled with him and she kind of led him along with questions, but it was at the end of his life. I wish I had gotten to sooner, but uh, I was at least honored to be in person and hear his hear that old Southern crawl in person. But uh, so one of my really good friends, Andy Costa, was his uh, filmographer. He was the one that walked around. He was his camera guy. He's now doing it for his son and they, mm -hmm. they continue the legacy on and, and he still does the teachings and stuff. And so Andy does that. That's, that's one of his biggest customers, but uh, for years he did it with Zig Ziglar. And uh, you know, the interesting thing about when we talk about mentors and people, I love how you, you, you these are my fathers, right? Cause mm -hmm. that's somebody that you, you portrayed somebody you followed on and you stuck with it. You know, your family, you know, you're talking about your kids and you're talking about going through cancer and then COVID hit and then the transition of having to be a dad and then having to be a third grade teacher. Um, and obviously, you know, somebody has got to do some work in the family. But, you know, if it wasn't for you and your wife, if you're if you guys aren't the positive bread in the in the family, you could bring the family down. And when the family's negative, it's your opportunity to be the positive side of that. So I think that's just something that was instilled with you as a young kid. And so this whole transition was able to, you know what, just continue moving on, continue, continue going. Why worry about what you can't change? Worry about what you can change. And, um, and that's, and I know that's hard because you, you know, COVID hit and you got kids at home and you're having to go through the process. Your motivation speakers shut down. So where was your mind during the process? I, I, I know, fortunately, you're, you're in a go, go, go because you're having to teach your kids and you're having to keep that going. But there's a struggle in there of I, I'm not seeing people, I'm not talking to people. So what helped you get through that? Did you find something that was a trigger? Again, I'm wired differently. I, I haven't struggled with that. Um, so you just kept on going? I just keep going. I, if, if I hit a wall, I go under it, around it, over it. If I can't go through it, um, don't stop. I just, I, I just don't stop. You struck a chord there with me with something you said. It was something from when I was younger. I wish I could say that again. I don't have time to share my story with you, but everything that I, everything I am, I have become in the last 21 or I'm 40. I'm 49. I just turned 49. Uh, this oh, month. you're going to be in the 50 group here soon. Yay. <laughs> well, hey, listen, 55 is the new 27. I'm just telling you. Uh, yeah, but I just, I just became, uh, I'm just, I'm just working on moving this guy forward that you see. I'm a very flawed human being that's blessed with an amazing wife. Um, we have this model. We never, never both, as long as both of us never quit on the same day, we're good. You know, if, if she comes home cause she had to eventually go back to work, she comes home with something negative. I got to be positive or vice versa. So I've got a great partner. Um, but I, I, I don't, I just don't, 
I have rewired myself in a way that I, I don't, I have my days where I, I mean, we're stuck in the house where I might wake up and not want to do anything. So I'm on my, I'm on my third 21 day. I call them uh, instead of, they say it takes 21 days to create a habit. I yeah. absolutely disagree with that. You do I it in the first day. <laughs> it's, it's 21 days to get a rhythm going to work towards a habit. And I'm, I'm doing some right now of different things that we're doing that I'm doing that I'm working on my kids with. I've just, I've just wired myself in a way that I hope that any dark days, I just keep fighting. You know, yeah. even with the, right. even with the cancer thing, I we didn't know my kidney fell apart in my body. This is the, I I don't want to gross you out by this, but I was passing parts of my kidney out of my body. Man, and it really and was breaking up. I, I was they, it was clogging my body. I would physically have to move so I can go to the bathroom, and I can't tell you that I was miserable during that. I was in I, I, a painful car ride where I'm all clogged up and and all of this, but I can't tell you that if God takes me today, I'm I'm cool. I'm I'm gonna be. It, it'll suck, but I know my wife is good. I know that what our plan for our children is good. Uh that's a great mindset right there, man. That's I, a great mindset, my friend. I yeah. don't know. It's, so here's. Hard to explain all of that to you. No, and I get it. You know, the the thing is, is that we take life with punches mm -hmm. and we just keep moving, right? And I said this earlier, you can't focus on the past. You just got to keep moving forward. But you did something. You just said something that struck a chord with me. And that's how you've already set your family up. You've set your, your family. You've taken your family away from failure and you've given them a future. So if you're gone today, it's unfortunately sad. And a little disappointing, but you know, God's going to take you for a good reason. Mm -hmm. And, but your family's set. And if you're content with that, then you're rock solid. And that's really all that matters because the rest of it's just nothing but noise. And um, I want to read you something. So if this can struck a chord with you at all, but you know, at 55, I've been trying to find out what my purpose is and find out where I'm at. And for years and years, you know, you had a father that uh, would teach you different things, Zig Ziglar and Les Brown. And, and for me, I, I had different people all over around, but I had, um, I had several people that would just mentor me and guide me in certain ways. And um, this one gentleman, friend of mine, sat down with me um, this last month, actually, and had me sit down and, and really kind of describe who I am. And I had to read this from a third person because um, – after hearing all these things, he's like, dude, you're, you're really, you're a kick-ass person. She's my French, but you just, you're rock solid. You've got a lot of things you need to share, but you're, you're not, you're not giving your potential and you're, you're just taking yourself down a negative road all the time because you're, you're putting all these words in and it, yeah, you are trying to tell a story, but you can change it. You know, you're talking about changing the narratives. So why don't you change your narrative? So this is what we wrote the other night. And, um, and it's already struck a chord with a few people, but it's very short. You may know me, you may not. All you need to know is that I can change your life if I'm in it. I'm not for everyone. I know my truth. I know who I am. I know what I do and do not bring to the table. At times, I'm not easy to deal with, but I do bring tongues of value. I bring love, I bring strength, and I am far from perfect. And if I do not fit in with the person, that is okay with me. I cannot help everyone, 
but I do make sure that I make an impact in the lives that allow me to be in theirs. Amen. I don't know that I've ever thought about that defining me, but that's where I've been. I, I've had this body, this out of body experience back in the eighties where I, I believe God took me away. Um, I, I have no other way to describe it, but I later on in the evening around seven 30, I'm sitting in my house or my apartment in the couch and I couldn't remember how I got there. Hmm. And I had a lot of bad things happen to me, um, family wise and friend wise. And so I was at the end of my rope. And, um, so I don't know if it's something I manifested, something God manifested in me. I, I have no clue. I, I, it's not for me to judge, but I do remember the one thing that came out of it. And I do believe that God told me I had a gift to help. And so I've tried to live with that all my life. So it's not how I come up with my motto, live life. Don't let life live you. But you know, I, I'm a human being and I'm like you said, we're flawed, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to focus on that past. I've got to focus on what changes I can make for the future for me and for my family. My, me and my family were good, but I know a lot of other people are not. Right. So let's talk about your book for a second before we uh, close up the show. But you, you wrote a book a few years ago. Um, are you going to your story that was in the book? Uh, and I've read just excerpts of it. So did that lead from your motivational speaking? Did you, did it lead to stories lead to something you need to share in the book? Is, was there a reason to something impact that? Everything in this particular book, I wrote a book before I did this book, but I chickened out to do anything. It's still sitting <laughs> in the computer because is that going to come out someday? That's what you say. Is that going to come out someday? Someday is be... <laughs> it is absolutely. I had to. I, I create. I wrote a book about my experience and knowledge that all the stuff in that book I've used to help other people or I've used to help myself. So that's what 80, 20 rule is. Okay. Um, and it was the easiest thing because I wrote this, the first book on my map that had it out. It's all in the computer. And I hit that point of nobody cares about what I know. Who, who cares? I don't, I can't even now I've, I've wiped a book out of my mind. It's in my computer. I got to go back and even look at what, it, what's in there because then I said, okay, Harvey, you, you got to get your first book out. You got to get it out. What can you do? You, you, you give. So here's what my book is for. I wrote this book. So for Harvey Harrington in seventh grade, little seventh grade Harvey Harrington, me, or little third grade Harvey Harrington, the second sitting on the couch. I wrote this book for that kid that had that dream to play football and he didn't know anything about football. And he came to me and he said, hey, I, I've watched you. I know what you do. That just made me think of a kid that came to me in college. I watched you and know what you do. And I and can you help me become the best football player I can be? And I said, well, if someone came to me right now, I can't do I can't give them all of me the way I used to before I moved. So what can I do? I can give them this. I can say, hey, all of the physical sides, the exercises, the weird things that they do with training. You can find all of that on YouTube, but you can't find all of this on YouTube. 80, 80, 20 rule, 80% of after you get fast enough, strong enough and can't reach anything else. It's your thinking process. So all of these things like personalities, I couldn't have made it into the NFL and had a shot with the personality of that seventh grade kid because he was too soft too loving, too caring, and, he, and football was a warrior sport. So one day somebody taught me how to change my personality, and then one day I read 
Dr. Rome's book on personalities and I had an aha moment, so I researched it. So everything in here, qualities of a great self-leader, um, I already wish I can rewrite part of it because of what, you know, I talk about Tom Brady in here, I talk about Michael Jordan, uh, the, what really made those guys great. There's physically, there's better athletes than Michael Jordan. Right. We know physically there's better athletes than Tom Brady, yet Tom Brady just won his seventh Super Bowl at 43 years of age. Why right. is that? Right. Because of this. Right. So for any kid from the moment they hit sports and can read a book through college, this book will give them nuggets. It's a book. There's little bitty stories in here, but it's a book that you have to say um, qualities of a leader. Oh, let's pick one. Leaders are great at serving others. Good one. What does that mean? You got to serve. You got to be a good server. You got to you got to be a good listener. And, and then you can go back. You can focus on that for a month or two. Am I a good server? Am I a good listener? Listener, is this my personality? Does it fit well? You know, just how do I become the best me? Not lead the team. That'll happen organically, but lead myself. So that's what this. That's what I wrote this book for. For that kid that doesn't have the right coaches or the right home bringing upraising or, or family and all that. that was me so all i did was wrote a book for me that little kid Absolutely. most people wouldn't make it as far as i did my dream was just that powerful that's all i can tell people is my dream was just that powerful to keep me from going down the same path as my brother or sister so where would they get this book um, if you want it signed, you get it off my website, harveyharrington.com. Just make sure it's spelled correctly. Um, you get it off my website, it comes signed, or you can get it on Amazon. They're same, same price. Mine's $29, $12.99, and that shipping is included in that. Awesome. Um, so, yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to be getting one. That's for sure. Um, I didn't, I looked on there and I was going to show the website, but I know we were getting close for time. Mm -hmm. I did want to um, make sure that you guys all, if you're uh, listening, it's, it's harveyharrington.com. So it's spelled H-A-R-V-I-E-H-E-R-R-I-N-G-T-O-N.com. So harveyharrington.com, go there and get your book. And, um, and like you said, if you want it signed, uh, there's an opportunity you could do that. The, um, I have two questions that have come up recently, and this one kind of goes back to the, the previous and I, and some of my, uh, uh, listeners don't know that we asked the questions towards the end of the show, but Lisa Mills asked about your injury. Did you suffer from CTE? No, no, I don't, no, mm -mm. it was That's all, good. no, I don't have, it's amazing that I don't, and we don't know what shows up later, later, later. <laughs> on True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I'm still all there. So. <laughs> well, it's well, and so it's like so. I know Lisa Mills. She she works with veterans and stuff, and 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 uh, athletes as well. And so I have a friend that's uh, he's been out of uh, military probably I don't know twelve years, maybe maybe ten years, twelve years, thirteen years, and he's just now having problems from from exposure to silicone in the silicone stand in Afghanistan, and they don't know what's causing it. They, there's no cure because they don't know what's causing it. So they thought it was asthma, and asthma's not there, and. They, they tra they're treating it like asthma. Um, but finally they had to put him at hundred percent disability because he's, there's no drugs working. Um, mm -hmm. he's not suffering, but at the same time, it's just like, wow, it, how did it come up? Well, it's been there all this time, but later on it just, it just happens to come in. Right. Um, I got another colleague, friend of mine. I know this guy, Joe Castillo. So, Hey Joe, if you're still watching, 
He said, I'd love to get into motivational speaking, being a martial arts instructor and a father. I do a lot of uh, speeches. I can tell you this is a guy that does, but if you could help him, I, I, I know him personally. He's ran a radio show here with me for KBGI for many years. If you could give him a few key points, how would he get into motivational speaking? He, I know he can do it. He's a great talker if you knew him, but uh, I know he needs that push. So what would you tell him? I'm going to tell him the same thing a guy told me when I was a kid that when I wanted a gym, I was at this private gym in high school and I always talked about Big Harp's gym. And he's like, kid, I'm going to tell you, I love what I'm doing, but you better be prepared to put in the work. Uh, here are some basic rules and some of them I don't follow, but it's just the research I've done and the courses I've taken. You got to know your lane. You got to know your message. What is your message? What does it fix? Well, how does it help? Uh, and, and you have to know the audience. So you stay in that lane. We hit my group. We hit about four or five different lanes. You know, when Sam's club called me and say, we need you. I'm like, why I talked to students. So I had to figure out why Sam's club needed me so I can talk to other corporations. That's what led me down the corporation path. My, my heart is with the youth and teachers that's where my heart is so that's my forever lane but i know that there there are adult people out there that need my message because i'm not teaching you how to be a great salesman you know i'm not even teaching you how to necessarily lead people that'll come naturally with the information that i give you right. so um it's a lot of work it's tedious work meaning it's a lot of emails it's a lot of no's it's a lot of grinding how you really be get better is you've got to you, when you get your chance at bat, you can't strike out. You can't strike up, and you're still thinking, okay, in the terms of baseball, you're still batting 300. If I can bat 300, meaning, um, meaning that I'm striking out seven, seven times out of ten, with a lot of no's. As I sit here through my watch, I've got an assistant that's constantly popping out emails and stuff like that. So I get all the responses popping up here. As I, and most of them are. 99% of them are no's. I go from one group to the next, from one school to the next because of how I did the first day. That very first talk I did, that principal turned around and put my name in what's called an IPA system for Illinois Principal Associations. It bloomed and then slowed down and it bloomed. But it's a word of mouth business. But you got to know that. Know your lane, have your message be good at delivering your message and it's got to be something you love don't go try and speak about something that you don't much care about when somebody calls me this is my wheelhouse i'm not leaving it because then i'd be giving you ju i'd just be finding content to give you with no heart heart behind it i'm going to share content that's going to make me cry let alone like as well as make you cry absolutely I think that's important. But again, there he may he himself may want to work in the corporate world and teach about uh, selling and do eight-hour workshops. And I don't want to. <laughs> do that. So, uh, again, he's got to know his lane. <laughs> I, you know, and I can contest to that. I didn't know my lane when I was doing some speaking, and and it wasn't in the lane that I was comfortable with, but. I had, uh, I think I set myself up for a failure. I knew that I was going to do this one big, this big, uh, talk and it was going to be to a lot of women. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I knew it was going to be, uh, I, I, I thought 50, 
you know, but when I found out that it was going to be a couple hundred, you know, I was like, women, me? <laughs> is there not going to be a man in the room? Oh, well, there may be a maintenance man or something like this, but you're speaking to women. I was like, set them down, right. <laughs> and, and I, and I went, I did it. Don't get me wrong. I did it. Right. And it was great. It was fine. I, I found that they were easy to talk to. And, and I, I just was really methodically slow and I talked in a great pattern and I did a good job. But a while later, I had another event to go to, and it was going to be more hundreds than that. And I'd never really spoke to more than maybe 50 to 100 people at a time. So then I knew that I was going to be somewhere around 1,000. And I was telling my wife, and I was setting myself up for this failure again. And, and I knew, I had in my mind, I'm going to choke. I'm going to choke. I don't know these people. I don't have a value. I don't know what I'm going to do. And my wife said, when you find yourself in a moment, you can be a comedian for just a moment. Mm -hmm. so never stop keep going but it's okay to tell your audience what you're doing it's real and it's so real it is and so yeah. i got up there and harvey i choked and i knew it i knew 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 what i was gonna choke and my wife said to me she goes you're a geek so when you can't find the information you want go back to you being a geek how many monitors do you have on your desk? Well, I'm looking at six monitors right now. Ooh. So you tell people, well, hold on a second. Um, I lost my train of thought. Let me go to this one monitor. And you, you describe what you're doing and people laugh, but they, continue, they continue moving with you. Right. Yes. And yes. then finally it's like, oh, it's on the left monitor. Okay. Got it. All right. Here's my message. And boom, you're in, you're back in. And then if you can get that rhythm, you don't stop you her. That's amazing advice. It's <laughs> people sense when you're not being real, when you're a robot from stage, they don't want that. Yeah. True. All asleep. Yeah, they will. Your personality, you're high energy. You're an eye personality. And like she said, if you're, if you're comical, let it, just let it go. People laughed. I, in yeah. fact, I thought it would be, um, well, I don't know what, exactly what I thought, but I, I think I had a fear there for a second that they're all going to think that I'm I'm this worthless failure guy up here, and and I don't know what the heck I'm talking about, and and here I am, I'm going to describe what where I'm going, and because I, I can't remember, and I was honest, I just told them, I said I don't remember what I was talking about, I I totally lost my train of thought, and I made a comical part of it, and then everybody laughed, and I was like, wait a minute, they're not laughing at me, they're laughing with me, yes. so that yep. helped, you know, but it's because I think I've had some people help shine the road and that road has has helped me a little bit and if i could uh tell you that on some of the speakings that we do it's with six to, to 20 guys and and a um on a military base and these guys come in and it's like watching these 16 year old kids come in they're all slumming they're all just relaxing they're they're, they're just like i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna be another class i gotta go to the military's got me in but we have a positive attitude when they walk in the room. We make them sit up. We talk to them. We're talking one on one. We're having a conversation. And oh, well, show's over. It's 45 minutes later, right? And they're like, well, that wasn't anything. And then they start talking. Then you can't get them to stop talking. Mm -hmm. And it's because you just change the motivation. You change the value in the room to being you're worth something. And so we're not just here to just be up here and talk to you. We're here to help you and educate you. There's a reason why we're here. And you need to take benefit of that. And so it's taken a while to get to that role because I, I really don't feel like I'm a value when it comes to the leader of that. But, um, but hey, so let me ask you this. 
um, like I know people can go to uh, harveyharrington.com and I know that you've gone through some cancer and I know that you've had your, your family's had some setbacks, not being able to motivational speak and you're getting there. If you're looking at 2021, I know you're looking at maybe later to this fall. What is it that you're look? What do you want to accomplish this year? Cause you're still in this virtual world. Unfortunately, we're not fully opened up. Can't really go out there in the world and you still have concerns about your health issues. So what's your next pivot to get into your next motivational? And if you are, are you, are you just going to slide into it or are you looking to pivot somewhere a little differently? Mm -mm, I have no pivot. I'm, I'm, I'm online with where I need to be health wise. I'm perfect. Um, as perfect can be, I got blessed that the kidney fell apart inside of its own shell. Uh, that was the whole thing when that taking it out, if there's going to be cancer outside of it, then, everything we know from last may uh that it's good now i i'll give an example so i only got one kidney left it's not great it's only functioning at 30 30 some percent up so i'm in stage three kidney failure got it but there, there's no pivot uh yeah i won't call this a pivot it's something that i'm already doing i want to become an exceptional writer so i've got to start taking some courses i've got so much on my heart and in my mind that i need to i've got I've got thousands of notes that I'd like to put in books to help. Um, so that's for me, that would be my fallback. Let's just say I lose this kidney and I go on the dialysis. Then I'll just do workshops for the rest of my life online and write books. Right. Uh, but I hope to get back out and be back out in front of people by summertime. Um, but there's no pivot. I'm not. I think this chapter is my final lifetime chapter as for me. Everything else is about our children. What am I doing to make sure that they're doing and headed in, headed in the direction that they need to be in? Uh, God has given me an amazing life to say it, the kid that I, where I come from. Uh, and I'm very happy with it. I always, if, if he took me today, I, I, I've done well for him, even before I knew it was for him. So uh, no pivot, no change. Um, I, we've got a marketing business that I'm, I'm dabbling with getting really getting it rolling again, because that was, that's been one of our saving graces over the years. Because when yeah. I started speaking, I left my career. I packed up my family, moved, dropped everything, uh, done. This is it. So we went to work on this with my wife's income and what we had coming in on the side. Um, so no, there's no pivot. There's no change for me. If I if I tell someone else that, depending upon your age, you just got to go back and look at the things that you've accomplished along the way that it's like, so you're working for something. My friend Frank Kessler says, aim for the eagle, bag the pheasant so you don't eat crow. The eagle is your big main goal. But all the things that happens along the way of that goal, you're figuring things out. So if you never get that goal, go back and look at your past and see, okay, here's a subject of something that might be interested. I can do it, I enjoy it, and it makes me money. So um, for me, I, I know what I'm doing. I know what I want. I don't foresee me changing and going any other direction in my life versus can't wait to get these darn shots. I don't know why we're <laughs> in our state, so I can get out there. I know I'm, I, like mindset, I know I'm going to have to wear a mask for the next year and a half, maybe, right? Just to protect myself. I'm 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 cool with that. 
just give me my shot so I can go get out. <laughs> I, get out and do, I want to do my normal things. Right. Yeah, so we can get our kids back in the school. Right. right. Um, Dad's not tired of being a, he's, he's not tired of being a third grade teacher, but he's tired of being a third grade teacher. <laughs> so, yeah, no, no to go pivoting, to fourth grade now. No pivoting from I mean, becoming a better I've always wanted to do anyway. I just got to put the time in to do it to to get my grammar where it should be, my written word where it should be, uh, and to learn how to tell stories better. You know, that's hard. I, it is, but here's the thing. Like I said, you got to be original today. F people don't like fake. There was a guy out there that wrote a book, and I just I remember picking it up at the at the bookstore and skimming through it, and I was like, "This is horribly written," but it was real. I, I can't think of his name. He's this guy that did all of this running, did like a hundred marathons in a hundred days or something weird like that. Dave, uh, I can't I can't remember his name. But he put this book out, but the book was real. It was not, if someone says, oh, this is, if some English professor graded and was like, grammatically, this is incorrect and it should be structured this way, that world doesn't exist for most of us anymore. It's yeah. about putting your heart and soul in the right content and the truth in a book or in the, into your message. Again, that's for that guy that asked the question. And you mentioned it. You're going to, in, in that quote to, that you can come up with, Every, it ain't going to be for everybody. We have to remember that. We have to remember that because I struggle with that, Mark. I struggle with that big time. I want to change everybody. Right. I had one kid in 18 years that I heard. He didn't even tell me that he doesn't feel like I did anything for him. And guess what? I'm talking about him out of hundreds or thousands of kids. It, right. bother, it bothers me that he said that because what did I miss that he didn't feel like I gave him my all? Um but we can't save everybody. Zig Ziglar tells the story about the guy and his grandfather, walk kid and his grandfather picking yep, yep. up the coin, the, the little shells and throwing them back. And he was like, you ain't going to do anything. It's like, it made a difference for that one. Yeah. You know, yeah. you've already said that. <laughs> well, I think that's the, you know, for some of us, for me, I, I found my purpose is to help people. It, I, I have really good ears. I have such good ears that I can hear a bird still chirping off in the tree. I may not be able to see as good as I was, but I can definitely hear. And so I hear people, but it, listening sometimes is the easiest thing to do. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, what, without going into speeches, what words, what can I share with them? What wisdom, what guidance can I, can I help them with? Because a lot of people are really at the end of the day, just looking for a little bit of help. Yep. So how can you guide them? Right. You can't help them. You can't, you can't do everything for them. Um, and I know my good friend here, Joe, he was just, he made another comment. He says, my heart is with misguided teens for my, like, like myself. Now, Joe is a little bit of a MMA teacher, teaches kids. Um, and I know him personally, and it's not about the MMA. It's not about the fighting. It's not about kicking the trees. It's not about kicking the gut on the inside. It's, it's about what happens right here. Because, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's power to hurt somebody, but that's not what MMA is about. That's not what this, his classes that he teaches. Right. His, his teaches are all about mentality. You know, why are you here? Why are you learning this instruction? And, um, but, uh, but in any case, dude, it's been, you know, I feel like you and I could probably talk for a good while and keep telling stories. And, um, it's, it's taken me a long time in my life to get where I'm at. It sounds like you've been doing this for a good long time and you're going to continue doing it. And so I applaud you for that. And, um, you know, yeah, you've had some accolades in your life and you had some great careers, but it's led you to where you are. 
Mm-hmm. And that's the path, my friend. You got to keep going. Uh, I think God sets you on a path, and you're just going to continue going down that paved road. And and if the road's not paved, you're going to help. God's going to help you pave the rest of it. That's and, right. Um, Surely will. Sure will. So I know you will change those. So everybody, if you would like to get his book, uh, if you'd like to know a little bit about Harvey, go to his website, HarveyHarrington.com. And uh, man, I thank you so much for your time and effort today to come out and tell your story and, and share just just a small glimpse, but just to let us know what makes you tick and what we can do to be inspired. And if you had to leave today with a message, I know it's putting you on the spot, <laughs> but if you if you had if you just had one person in front of you that you needed to inspire today, what would what would your what would your message be? Something hit me last night. I got to look at it here. Give me one second to pull it. See, up. I knew it. I knew it. He's got something there for us. And Joe, thanks for listening out there while he's looking that up. I did see your message that uh, you said, thank you, Harvey. And I'll put it up there thank on the screen. Um, so this it's not clean, but I, I hope you get it because it came to me last night. When you stop being selfish, you can then begin to attack, attack all of your fears. We, I was discussing it this with a couple of guys, and we were like, what's on top, fear or selfishness? Fear, a lot of them were saying fear. And we were like, no, it's selfishness. If you stop being selfish in so many ways and you start doing what you're supposed to do, you can attack all of your fears, all of your weaknesses, and work on your strengths if, if we stop being selfish. You talked about being a good listener. That's all about not being selfish. Right. That that would be the message that I would I would say right there today. Uh, focus on how to not be selfish. Stop stop focusing on on you in that fashion. You always got to take care of you. You always got to be a great leader. But if you just serve, if you serve, stop being selfish. You can you can attack all your fears after that. Amen to that. And with that, guys, Harvey, thank you so much for coming on. Don't go anywhere. We're going to end the show. But guys, go to HarveyHarrington.com. This was episode number nine, Live Life podcast from Live Life. Don't let life live you. And uh, because there's no other option, you you have to continue living. And if you're thinking that you're in despair, um, man, get a hold of somebody. Call me. Uh, Call Harvey. Reach out to somebody. HarveyHarrington at gmail.com. Email me. I'd be happy to talk to you. There you go. Guys, thanks so much for listening. I know this was a longer podcast today, but um, this was a good story to get out. (laughs) And uh, Harvey's an easier person to talk to. I think him and I could just sit here and talk for another couple hours, and we'd be like, oh, honey, I'm sorry. Oh, it's dinner time? Okay. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But have a great great week, everybody, and thanks so much for listening to Live Life Podcast. And until next week, we'll see you there for episode number 10.